I love when I fail. I love, I love when I go through something and we try something and then, and then it didn't work because then I know that that's something that I've learned. I'm not going to do that. make the mistake again. And it's not even necessarily a mistake, but I love when something doesn't work because then it gives me something else to do. So you have a passion for fitness and the desire to start your own business, but launching a massively successful fitness business is extremely complex. The systems, operations, hiring, firing, coaching, sales, and marketing are critical to success. Where do you even start? This show will give you the answers. Here is Bedros Koulian and Bryce Henson, your hosts of the Fitness Franchise Podcast, a show dedicated to helping fitness entrepreneurs launch and grow successful gyms. Today's episode is another incredible one. In fact, our guest is a dear friend of mine for nearly a decade, and he has an impressive rap sheet, so here we go. He was part of the original team that took Fitbody Bootcamp from a licensing program to a franchise system, and is in his original role, was that of a business coach for the entire franchise. And in doing so, he helped over 150 locations open their locations successfully. Now that role developed into running the Fitbody Bootcamp Mastermind Coaching Program and the university training for new franchisees. Then in 2015, he decided to open Double Win Consulting to provide marketing services and coaching to both local and online businesses across the world. Now with his small team, he has successfully helped over 200 businesses grow and scale to give owner operators more freedom. And in looking at the results, Double Win has generated over 150,000 paid leads for their clients on over a $3 million ad spend. Fernando Bonato, Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure you, to talk to you, Chris. You are certainly welcome. Man, I'm excited for this. Um, you're such a good guy, uh, a close friend, and I, I would say one of the smartest guys I know. So there's going to be a lot to learn today. Uh, before we get to the nuts and bolts, um, you know, I want to hear your backstory. And we have something in common. You're originally from Brazil. You have this awesome story. So kind of give us a little bit of the origin story from, you know, you growing up in Brazil, moving to the U.S. and all that. Yeah, um, I'm only 41, and um, there's a lot to talk about. I've been through through quite a lot. Um, I don't have uh, the sad story that a lot of people have. I've never really, I would say, struggled. But when I tell my story to people, it's like, oh man, that must have been rough. I'm like, yeah, it was rough, but it wasn't. It wasn't anything out of the world. It was just a lot. Like it was very adventurous and very exciting. So. When I was 16, I started dating my wife uh, that we're still together today, as you know. Uh, mm -hmm. This year, we're going to be together for 25 years. So Ooh. that's something that I'm really proud of, that we we made it through, through life together, basically. We grew up together. And part of that was um, we were dating for a few years, and uh, I was doing uh, computer science in a, a federal university in Brazil. It was like, very prestigious, very hard to get into. And after a couple of years, I decided that that's not what I wanted. Um, and um, uh, Alini saw an ad in the newspaper saying, hey, uh, internship to the U.S. Uh, to go work in your area, right? So if you're going to school, you could uh, join an internship program in, in other countries. It wasn't in the U.S., in other countries. So I decided, oh, let's do that. Let's let's see what that takes us. And I, and I contacted this company. And the funny thing is, I don't know if I've ever told you that, is that I wasn't really interested in the U.S. Um, as you know, I come from an island in Brazil. It's like beach scene. And I was like, oh, maybe we should go to Australia. So I contacted this company and said, hey, um, if it could be in Australia, it would be pretty cool. But that was in 2000. That was like in the middle of the dot-com boom. And the only thing that they could find for me was in the U.S. 
So after a few months of trying, I was like, okay, let's go to the U.S. then, and that's that's where the whole thing started, right? So I hit the I hit the uh, the ground running in the U.S. working for the, a few dot coms um, that they all went under. Unfortunately, I, I wasn't <laughs> I wasn't lucky enough to bet to to uh, to be part of one that survived. Um, and then after that, I decided to stay and to to live the American dream. And that's the grind, the grinding that you expect from from immigrants. So I worked at pizza places. I worked at making sandwiches. Um, when my son was born, I had I tell this story to everybody. They can't believe it. And I don't I don't think I could do it today. But out of a work week, you know, imagine that seven days, three shifts per week. You have twenty one shifts for the for the for the week, right? Mm-hmm. I was working twenty of the twenty one when my son was born Um, because we've decided that my wife was just going to take care of my son. Uh, She wasn't working. So I'm like, okay, I'll work double, triple, whatever I needed. At some point I had five jobs and that's the the beauty of the uh, uh, American capitalism that you can get paid by the hour. You know, you can just go in and and work as much as you want. (laughs) That's what I did. Um, So many, many, many different jobs. I ended up working for Peter Lick, which is arguably the most, commercial successful um, artists in the world like you know his company these days are probably generating i don't know maybe over 100 million dollars a year um and i was part of the growth of that team he's an australian photographer and um i started again as one of the jobs as um as a cashier for his gal art gallery in san francisco that evolved into me running the company or the the the, uh that gallery and later on the company when he opened in vegas so i moved to vegas help him go from two or three galleries in the u.s uh i think when i left we had 18 something like that i'm really about about how old were you at this point i was in my early 20s at this point i was like uh probably uh 24 25 okay so, so one of the things that you're going to notice is that I, I'm, I'm very quick to learn things and that probably comes from this engineering computer science background. Um, you're able to learn things really quickly and, and develop systems to make things better, right? Um, so yeah, and then um, after that was done with the team that was, I was part of um, with Peter Lick in, in Vegas, Tuan was one of them, you probably remember him and Nelson. Oh, yeah. uh, they were part of, uh, they were, you know, helping uh, Bedros to, you know, take Fit Body Bootcamp from a franchise, from a, from, a, from a licensing program to a franchise. And they needed to hire someone to basically replace Bedros on the coaching of the clients and things like that. So they, they thought of me and I decided to move to, um, to move to, to, to uh, back to California and, and, and join the team. And it was uh, probably the best thing I've ever done. Um, in terms of like, um, you know, professional uh, decisions, because I've learned so much. It was so good. It was by far the best job I've ever had when, uh, when I was working for someone. So, so that's, that's where it takes me to, to fit body. And I don't know if you want me to stop there, if you want to continue or if you want to ask questions, but that's kind of like the short version of the whole thing. Oh, and the other funny thing is I was still living in Vegas when I was interviewing for the job. So I was driving every other week to to Chino Hills from Vegas, and um, my wife was pregnant with my daughter, uh, Julia. 
And uh, when I was in the interview, the final interview, talking to Bedros, and um, uh, and we decided, okay, when you're going to start, I get the phone call, and my wife's like, the water broke. <laughs> it's like drive back. So I I think I might hold the record. I drove back and uh, from 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 Chino Hills to Vegas in like three hours something, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if the police stops me, like my, my daughter's being born, getting born. So I, I, I have an excuse. So everything in well, packed up the stuff again, moved back to California. And then and then you take it from there, I guess. Like that's where that's where you joined the scene. <laughs> that is so right. Well, I love that backstory. Uh, we have something in common, well, quite a few things in common, but you talked about going to the Federal University in Brazil. Um, I actually went to that same school too. However, the caveat is I didn't formally enroll in the school. I just went to the department for uh, Portuguese for foreigners. When I moved there, I lived in the same island that you're from for two years and from 2010, 2012. And mm -hmm. uh, so when I tell people I went to UFSCI, which stands for Universidade Federal Santa Catarina, everyone looks at me like I'm the smartest guy ever, but you know, little they little they know, I didn't have to clarify that actually was just, you know, in the language uh, you know, for, for foreigners uh, department. Right. But that's a that's a credit to you for going through that school. And my my actually brother brother-in-law also goes to that school and uh, just, or went to that school, uh, just very, very sharp. But that all said, kind of going to back to, to Fit Body and kind of how we started, um, you were actually my first franchise business coach, which is just awesome. And I give you so much acknowledgement and credit because when I first started, this was back, I think back in 2012. And at that point, you've been with Fit Body for, I think, a year or two. Um, you know, I'm just, you know, white eyed, bushy tailed, like green is all heck and uh, not knowing anything. And you basically kind of, you know, guided me through the process um, and obviously still work together to this day. So that's a really yeah. kind of cool segue and a nice little uh, kind of bow on it. But that all said, kind of walk me through what that experience was like, kind of, you know, changing or I guess transitioning from Fitbody from a licensing to a, to a franchise system. And then kind of what was your role? Like, you know, you, you obviously were a coach. Uh, what were the things that you really learned and got value from? And what, what was the biggest challenge that you saw like in, in that experience for I think the year and a half or two years when you're in that role? Well, we had a lot of challenges and, and I was lucky enough to have a boss like because Bedros was really good at, and I don't. I still don't know how he does it because he he's able to trust people and just give them responsibilities. And every time Bedros gave me a responsibility, I felt like this is this this is way too much. I can't handle this. Uh, but he was good enough to let me know. It's like, no, you got this. And if you don't get it right, that's fine. We fix it, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I would have personally many challenges because I was being. Um, uh, giving all these responsibilities that I thought at the, at the time it was too much, but they, they weren't because he knew that I could handle them, right? So my, my task was to, um, once a franchisee was, uh, had purchased the franchise, was to uh, guide them through the entire process of planning and opening a facility from leasing the location, the, you know, uh, uh, hiring staff, learning about the numbers, learning about the KPIs, learning about sales, uh, figuring out like construction uh, timeline for opening. Uh, and then obviously having, I was available pretty much eight hours a day uh, to have coaching calls with all these people, the people that were already owners. So we have this many different uh, buckets of people, right? They have people that were still licensees transitioning into the franchise, people that were coming in brand new uh, as the franchisees. So my job is to make sure that everybody was thriving and, and excited about being part of Fit Body Bootcamp and giving them as much knowledge as possible, which was incredible because I was, I was, I was uh, talking on the phone every day with people that had already 
uh, you know, back then, I, I talked to my clients today, back then, like a, a, a tough threshold to, 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 to surpass, like the glass ceiling that people had was to reach 100 clients. And mm-hmm. these days, we opened these facilities with 100 clients, right? So I can see how much, um, how much the whole business and industry evolved. Um, but yeah, it was, it, was incredibly, it was incredibly challenging because I had to, you know, challenge myself to talk to people I've never done it before. And to uh, to try to gather as much knowledge as possible uh, to be able to 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 give to people uh, to these owners and um, and to coach them because coaching people is not an easy thing to do, right? Um, you have people like you. I remember you're like extremely cautious. You're like, well, but what if what if this doesn't work? But what if that? Like you're always like trying to make sure that. And coming from a corporate kind of like mindset and transitioning to an entrepreneurial mindset, it's it's probably one of the most difficult things there is to do because when you have a job like you have all the securities and everything but now all of a sudden if you're the owner and if you're the the the, the you know the boss that's all responsibility falls on your shoulders so you need to be able to bear that stuff and 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 prepare for the worst yeah well that you certainly did and uh it's funny as i kind of think back our store on our story when i opened my first location in november 2012 you were there to kind of coach and guide me through that process Um, but i remember uh, november 5th actually was a specific day that we opened and right around your birthday's uh on christmas is it not yeah yeah (laughs) very very memorable but right around uh your birthday um which would be probably only six seven weeks after my facility launched um i just literally was kind of freaking out scheduled an emergency you know coaching call with you and Bedros and you know you talk about coaching is challenging because you know dealing with emotions and I know I was super excited super ambitious to basically be successful at the same token though you had to walk me off the ledge because the emotion was was high so I think that's you know part of the coaching role that you mentioned and, and again I wanted to at least provide our audience a little insight uh, to that uh, to that experience and obviously your knowledge and your skill set you know that you were able to deliver not only to me but just owners throughout the process that you you know help coach yeah and it's it's the thing like i tell people especially for the fitness industry you are not you're not running an emergency room right uh, there are so many other businesses that are 10 times more difficult um, um i've in my you know worked at restaurants back in san francisco back when i was chasing the american dream and i was um, i i got to 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 be a, an assistant manager to a restaurant and talk about difficult man where you have like hundreds of items that can spoil next day you have 30 40 employees at a time that are calling in sick or not showing up or disappearing from the face of the earth um uh, right you have customers coming in every day that you don't know and you're never probably not going to see it again so so if, if you compare running a fitness business to any other business it's fairly easy because any mistakes that you can make are easily uh, uh, you can correct easily right given that you're not making anything extremely stupid uh, which you have you know that's what a franchise provides you like it points you in the right direction so you don't have to be afraid of making those super stupid mistakes but anything else is piece of cake right it's just like managing your emotions and going through the process but it's not like nobody's going to die if you if you if you mess up with uh, a party or a particular sales event or whatever you know 
Yeah. Well, uh, sometimes easier said than done, but uh, you obviously have good perspective. And uh, I just think you have good, you know, factory installed DNA uh, to be a great coach. And, and then specifically, you developed and kind of transitioning to a very, very talented marketer, uh, which then you, you ended up opening your your own consulting business in 2015. Before we get there, which I'm you know dying to kind of uh, inquire so our audience can learn from you in that perspective, um, I do want to also highlight, uh, you talked about Bedros and your work experience. Um, you are featured in the book Man Up, um, and Bedros used a different name, but uh, to, to this day, obviously you guys are friends and he still sings your praises. And basically in the story of Man Up, he changed your name, but basically he kind of articulates the fact that he worked with you and you were just such a high performer um, that, you know, due to his ineffective leadership at the time, you were kind of the one, you know, teammate that got away that really, you know, could have been, uh, you know, a very, very high performer within the Fit Body franchise if his leadership skills would have been enough to kind of guide and, and guide you through that process. But um, I want to see if you have any insight there. And then, of course, I want to kind of transition to how you learned all the marketing skill set and then, you know, why you ended up launching Double Win in 2015. Yeah, I think uh, obviously I'm flattered, and um, um, I I give credit to Bedros to for taking the blame, um, and that's what uh, leaders do. Like you know, like anything goes wrong. It's like it was my fault that he left, um, but maybe it wasn't all that, right? Maybe maybe it wasn't. Uh, maybe it was a little bit part of that, but maybe it, it wasn't him. Maybe it was that the company wasn't big enough to have a, a space for me where I wanted to go. So I felt like. My role as a coach has reached a, a, a point where I, I really couldn't grow beyond that, and um, I saw. You know, you talk about the aha moments. I had this, I had this feeling that that wasn't exactly where my heart was because I was itching, and that's what probably a lot of your viewers have. It's like at some point you're itching to have your own thing because I've realized that when you're working for someone, there are a lot of wonderful things, a lot of amazing things that are part of that. But there, there's always this, I was itching for to get fulfilled in this other place that I've never been before, which was like, I can, I can handle this, right? I can, I can probably do this on my own. And I had this vision. It's like, well, maybe, maybe I can do that. And that's actually another really interesting insight uh, to bring out and to bring up another uh, amazing uh, person that I met through this, through this process, which was Matt. One day we're running a, um, one day we were running a mastermind, and um, I like to I like to had a, a moment in, during the masterminds to you know to talk about drop the business part and see what people were feeling a little bit, and they turned the tables on me because because I was asking people like hey where do you see yourself in five years you know we're talking about our true passions and things like that, and there were people there that were just for uh, oh I'm here to make money this is my business it's not what I absolutely love to do, and they turned they turned it on me it's like Fernando where do you see yourself in five years. And I told them like, I don't see myself here in five years. To be honest, guys, I don't. I don't see me. I don't see this going for much longer. Even though I love what I'm doing right now. And uh, and then they they pressed on me. And I don't remember if you were in that meeting or not. But they asked me, and I'm like, well, I would love to 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 have something that I can be a little bit more mobile. I would like to spend some time in Hawaii. And after I left uh, Fitbody, trying to figure out what I was going to do, um, I got a phone call from Matt. Right. And uh, Matt Wilbur, uh, you can probably, you know, tell your viewers who he is. Uh, he's oh, yeah. Top owner of Fit Body Bootcamp right now with the, the most locations, most successful by, by some measures. Right. So I was like and Matt called me. He's like, hey, I will I will hire your services 
um, because I, he's, he asked me, he's like, hey, what are, you, what are you planning to do? Oh, I'm doing this, this, and that. He goes, like, I'm extremely grateful. I would like to hire your services, but here's the one deal that you need to do with me. I will only hire you if you move to Hawaii. So he made me, he made me move huh. to Hawaii. Yeah. I wasn't going to. I, I don't think nobody knows that. No, because I didn't I was, know that. I'm doing this. If everything goes right, I'm going to move to Hawaii. But it was going to probably be one of those things that never going to happen. That was I was just going to put it off and it was never going to happen. But Matt was the one that made me do probably the, the, the best thing that I've ever done. Sorry. Uh, which was... Uh, moved to Hawaii and he forced me to it and I can't be I can't thank him enough uh, because of that because I had that experience that right so um, yeah that's a little that's an interesting an interesting story yeah I had no idea I mean I obviously growing up in Floripa uh, Florinopolis which has 47 beaches I figured you were just kind of going back to the island kind of DNA um, but uh, that's a great story and again I just want to acknowledge you again both Matt and myself vice presidents now of Fitbody Bootcamp obviously Matt most successful franchisee he was actually being being on this show um, so his episodes out there in the ethers at some point uh, but pretty cool that both of us got a, our start both with both vice presidents with you Fernando being our coaches uh, and then obviously you know, hearing that cool story, how you shot off to Hawaii. Yeah, um, we happy for that. Cool. Well, I guess kind of transitioning to that, um, you know, let's talk about Double Win. Uh, you know, I didn't know that's how it got started, but uh, tell tell the viewers just a little bit about the experience that you had, kind of what it was like to kind of launch that pro uh, your company, and then you know what kind of services that you offer. Um, you know, dying to to hear more. So yeah, what happened was uh, towards the end of because my job as a coach with Fit Body was to do whatever I could. To it wasn't really a written thing, but I, I would do whatever I could to make people, you know, get, get more people, get more leads, and, and, and grow. And I would uh, get any resources I could gather to to give these uh, these franchisees to to uh, to achieve uh, their results. Right. So that's when, and again, I'm really bad at dates, but that's when um, Facebook advertising started to work really well because before then. When we started, I would teach people how to create uh, flyers to send out in the mail. You know, like right. that—that that was marketing. that was all offline. There wasn't such a thing as an online marketing. So I started. I was lucky that I was introduced. Bader was like, "Hey, there's this thing that we can do now. We can advertise on Facebook, and this is how we do it." So that's another thing that he did. It's like, Fernando, go ahead and learn this. So I was lucky enough to be exposed to that whole universe very, very early. So I started to do that for clients for fit body locations. And after I left, I was like, I can um, outsource the service because the franchise is not doing it. And honestly, it's not the, the job of the franchise to market for uh, uh, for the individual locations as part of each owner should do their own, right? Mm -hmm. So I was like, this could be a business that I could get into and I could, um, I could be like the SWAT team that comes in and takes care of that part of the equation. Because if you look at what a successful business is about is, Obviously, you need to have an amazing product. You need to, to rise above the rest of the people. But then beyond that, you need to uh, um, the marketing part is to uh, letting your demographics, your audience know that you exist. Right. This is what marketing is about. Letting you know that you're out there, putting good offers in front of them. And then uh, down the funnel, you go with sales and retention and all that good stuff. Right. So I figure I could fulfill that part. And with the with the job experience that I had at being a coach, that's something that I don't even charge for, but it's something that I'm always available. For example, I usually have four or five uh, coaching calls every day with my clients that mm -hmm. we talk about anything that needs to be talked about uh, to help them um, uh, learn, uh, run their facility. So 
but what the what my company does is we basically create a, a, a schedule usually a quarter at a time um, that is highly catered to you and your facility because you know you own multiple locations the markets are completely different right i don't care what anybody says that oh do this and it's working great for me in you know in the uh in florida um even for matt for example he has seven locations within the same city grand rapids we run the same thing for all seven. The results are wildly different, even going from one neighborhood to the other. There's so many things that 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 uh, can can influence that. So what we do is we try to learn as much as we can about your competition, what's out there. We try to put offers that are going to um, give you the best results for your marketing dollars. And we pride proud ourselves into basically beating anyone in the in the uh, in that field there. Yeah. Now, what type of businesses? I mean, obviously, you've been in the fitness industry. You know, uh, my locations work with you. Same with Matt and other other um, you know fitness uh, studios, inclusive Fit Body, or even outside our brand as well. Uh, but you know, who is your typical client? Is it fitness? Um, is it other industries? Just curious, kind of get some insight there. About, uh, I would say eighty percent of our clients for an hour fitness. Uh, we've launched a couple of. Um, uh, very successful Kickstarter products, for example, you know, you actually, you referred me to um, a, a coffee machine, so we, we did that. Uh, we're working right now with a couple of companies for, uh, we've done um, a couple of uh, big retailers for uh, uh, DIY, DIY products, uh, actually it's in California, like Sizzix. Uh, we've worked with, we're currently working with a company that um, um, has been approved to raise money funds for like a launch. So we're going to be working on that financial space as well. So there isn't really an area that we um, we are not going to go into, and uh, because the, the 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 formula is the same uh, for marketing online, you have all the tools out there. You just need to know how to adapt that, and that's actually to bring up a really good point, um, uh, something valuable for for your listeners. If you have a brick and mortar business. And you're out there on the internet trying to learn how to market. Ninety percent of the advice out there is not going to apply to you, at least Why? not directly. It's going to apply in concept, but everybody that's teaching ads and and how to market, they're talking about you selling either a physical product that we can ship anywhere or an online product that anybody could be your client. Mm -hmm. For local businesses, brick and mortar, you are bound to an area that people can come and travel to your location. And what right. people don't realize is that those that audience is the same all the time. There's very, very little change. So you can't screw it up. You can't overmarket, right? What a lot of people do is like, well, let's run this campaigns working, spend millions and millions of thousands of dollars, <laughs> and all of a sudden your demographics is completely upset with you because you're flooding them with this annoying ad. Um, so if you want longevity, if you want to be able to market for the long haul for your business for years to come, you need to pace yourself and you need to learn about your audience because it's the same thing as, you know, you moved into a neighborhood, you're not going to throw loud parties because your neighbors are going to hate you. Um, right. you need to be a good neighbor and you need to be uh, doing the right thing. So that's the main thing. Uh, if you want to learn to do your, your ads or your marketing by yourself, which I don't recommend because it's getting so complicated, but be mindful that of the differences between what people are telling you to do and what in fact is your business. Because, And that's the, the main thing that we do when we take on a new client. 
what's our audience? Oh, it's the entire U.S. Great, we can we can market in one way. Um, mm-hmm. But if you're only reaching to the same 20, 25,000 people all the time, and you don't spice it up your offers, uh, you don't change your 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 stuff, it's going to get old really quickly. And that's the number one thing uh, that brings people back. I would say about six, seven, 60, 70 percent of our clients within a few years come back to me because they're like, oh, Fernando, I've tried this other agency and this other agency. And it worked great for a little bit, but then it stopped working altogether. It's just because they're, they're, they're milking it too much, you know? Yeah. So you're playing the long game here and specific, obviously, to just, just kind of reiterating your point, local marketing is, you know, can be very different than, you know, kind of uh, online marketing across the country or world for that matter. So kind of more diving diving in on that point, um, you know, you've seen, obviously, from a marketing perspective, you see things evolve over the last, you know, handful of uh, 10 years actually being in the industry plus. Um, What's currently working now and kind of what's that evolution um, that you've experienced with your agency look like over the last handful of years? I'm curious on the ebbs and flows and and the strategy that you basically have implemented across the way and then specifically what's working now. Right. Um, what's working now, it's what's working now for you. Like what people tell me is like, oh, this is working over there. Let's try over here. And I never say no. Right. Sometimes a client comes with an idea. Oh, I heard that this is working. I'm never going to say, oh, this is not going to work unless I've tried it before in your area. But usually what uh, what works is what works, because, uh, for example, I'm going to give you a, a very, very extreme example here. Uh, Lake Elsinore Fit Body Boot Camp, um, my good client, um, Caroline, we were running a campaign for her for two weeks. It was called uh, uh, Spring Slim Down. It's a really, really good offer. It was working everywhere else. It wasn't working for her. I mean, we're getting results, but we're a little bit under par, like a little, eh. Um, so we had a call. We decided to, hey, what's the next thing it's going to do? She's going to run the challenge for Fit Body. And I decided, I had this hunch, one of these things, you know, it's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to refresh the, the, the campaign. Because I feel like things are turning in that specific area based on what she told me. I turn on the campaign again, and I have, I have the stats here in front of me. We already have 12 sales within a matter of 72 hours, right? And now for the people out there that um, are talking, I'm talking paid leads, people that are paying to come in for a second. We're not talking leads of people that share their name, email, and phone number, which mm-hmm. most marketers do, do that right now. I'm talking about people that have committed to $76 for a whole month to come in. Mm-hmm. So it turned, right? It wasn't working. So if you're not experienced, you're gonna be like, oh, I try this, I'm never gonna try that again. Sometimes it's a matter of 48 hours of you retrying it, and then all of a sudden it hits because the conditions are better. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that's so what's working is, and that's something that we do a lot. Like we do a lot of split testing. We do a lot of trials and errors. And okay, it worked over there, let's try over here. Oh, it didn't work over here, but it's working over there. So it, 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 it's the beauty of having an agency that I'm working with so many different people doing so many different things. Um, the, the status of, you know, what's happening with, with marketing is I see that in the beginning, it was hard because very few people know how to do it or even know it existed. Then it became easy because there wasn't a lot of people involved and Facebook and all these other platforms made it super easy for you to be like, oh, boost post and you click here and everybody's doing it. 
Now it's becoming uh, only the strong and the good will survive because it's becoming a professional thing, right? Uh, this new thing with Apple uh, uh, creating the, the the constraints with the Pixel, you need to have a domain. Like the gone are the days of you like running, you know, click funnels and 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 uh, just putting something together really quick. Like yeah. Apple wants you to have a legit business that's confirmed with your domain uh, thing. None of these things of uh, installing multiple multiple pixels and in, 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 in tracking people down and sharing with other companies, none of like that. So it's becoming really hard. Like I've had to uh, um, change the way we bring clients on board because it takes a long time. It takes us a couple of days of, of hard work setting everything up uh, to get everything together. So if you are, um, if you are, if you have a fitness business or if you have any business, I highly recommend you to to hire someone uh, that that knows what they're doing. The marketing dollars are going to come back. Uh, it's almost guaranteed for most locations. Uh, but don't try to do it yourself because it's going to it's going to hurt your head a lot. It's, and it changes daily, right? Every time I log into Facebook, they change something on the interface, or they yeah. break something. So it's it's always a struggle. Yeah, and that's the value to your point of just working and outsourcing like a professional. That's this is basically their focus. Actually, you brought up the the Apple Facebook thing, and not to get too techy here, because I know most of our listeners, um, you know, know the importance of it. Um, but I do want to actually kind of pick your brain a little bit, kind of give give me your thirty thousand foot view, just like explanation of actually what's going on currently with Apple and Facebook, and kind of what that looks like, and then kind of what's the what's the outlook look like in terms of you know the potential challenges. Of, and, and truth be told, I know of what's happening but not to a granular level so curious on your insights there yeah it's 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 uh it has different facets so the first thing is apple controls uh the if you think about the internet split into three different groups right you have facebook and instagram in one side people live in that sphere or let's call it uh apps, right? The, then you can put uh, uh, Snapchat and TikTok and all that stuff. You have that area. Yep. Uh, then you have um, apps themselves, which Apple controls, because if you want to have an Apple and iPhone, most people have, like you need to download the Apple and they control the app store. And then you have Google out there. Google and Apple are really, really focused on organizing things. Facebook, not so much. So what happened now was Apple told Facebook that for you, for, for apps to be able to track users, they're going to have to tell users that they're tracking them, what they're tracking them, and giving the user a, an option to opt out of that, right? So for most people, that's not a problem because we don't run apps. Like we run traffic to, to a, a website, for say, right? So that's a problem for people that have apps and they're sneaking and tracking people behind the scenes without telling them. Here in Europe, for example, as you know, I'm in Portugal, the uh, GRDP2 have been going on for a couple of years already. And every website, super annoying, every website has this thing, hey, we're tracking your cookies, accept or not. And then you accept and that it, it goes on, right? So that's one thing. So that doesn't really concern most people. The second thing that, con that concerns most people or some people is if you're running traffic to a website, uh, you can only have one, f one uh, registered pixel, pixels what tracks your thing, right? per domain, and that pixel can only have seven conversions attached to it, 
right? So for most people, that's fine. If you run a business, you have your own domain, you're gonna have your ad account, you're gonna connect all those things. And the tracking, the events that you can track are, you know, uh, uh, page views, uh, add to carts, registrations or purchases, uh, um, and, and all those things. So you're probably not going to have to use more than seven. So for most people, they're fine. The problem is if you run like a, um, a super big domain uh, with thousands and thousands of products and you can you want to track all these things and you have two different agencies working on your thing and all of a sudden you have too many pixels going on. So I don't see that as a big disruption in, 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 in anything that was going on for people opening you know a business. Um, and um, so, yeah, that's that's basically the, the I think just people that just don't have to worry about. The only issue is that it became a lot harder to set it up correctly. Right. So, for example, we don't use the Facebook pixel anymore for a long time. We are using actually we use the pixel, but we're using Google Tag Manager to install the pixel and Google Analytics. Right. So it gives you more more uh, granular approach. Same thing. We don't use ClickFunnels anymore. We created our own thing inside WordPress that gives us more tools uh, to do. So we have basically professionalized the whole thing that most people are amateurs still. So I see a great opportunity for uh, for the future here for us. Yeah, well, that's just interesting. And if you're listening to this and Marky's not for, your forte, your probably head hurts, but I do think the value in it. And number one, I was just genuinely curious because there's been a lot of movement. So I that really appreciate that, Fern. Uh, but then secondarily, I think just kind of goes to show that you really should be, you know, partnering with uh, an experienced, you know, professional that can actually be ahead of the curve. Otherwise, you know, as the programs continue, to, the platforms continue to develop, um, you're just going to kind of left be, left behind. So I think that's huge value there. Um, that all said, Fern, and kind of like putting a bow on it. Uh, I'm curious from your uh, two-part question, your personal perspective, but also to your agency's perspective, what would you say are your zones of genius? Like why have you really achieved the success that you've had, both from a personal perspective and then also to just your company in general? Well, I think that I think that for the companies that we, I set out to do, I don't like to follow, I don't like to follow rules. I don't like to follow what people say tit for tat because actually, one of the things that I learned and kind of like, you know, people learn things differently and I love to learn concepts, right? So if you look, for example, retention in business and uh, um, and going back to the days of me running the, the mastermind, somebody comes in and says, well, our retention went up a lot because we started to do barbecues on Saturdays on things. And then you have somebody there writing it down and they start to do barbecues on Saturdays. But guess what? If you don't know how to throw a party and if your staff is not into throwing a barbecue, that's not going to work for you, right? So you need to understand concepts and then you apply to whatever it is that you're trying to do. So it's the same thing for the ads. People are like, oh my gosh, I'm running this ad and it's crushing. I'm getting clicks for less than a dollar. I'm like, okay, how much money did you spend? Oh, we spent already $1,000. How many clients did it bring? Well, we don't know. I know I'm paying uh, it, the cheap, the, the clicks are cheap, right? So you need to learn how to, it's way more difficult because you need to spend more time learning things for real um, in order to then wrap things up and, and have your own idea. So I think that that's my zone of genius. I would say is that I have this mind that's that's very creative and um, actually, I'm going to give you a tip now that to, to that I learned. It's you talk about the aha moment. Uh -huh. um, my aha moments that I found out about aha moments. Um, but but what you need to do is to learn you know learn concepts instead of trying to say hey this person told me to do that 
And then you don't, you don't know why you're doing that. You don't know the, the, the ins and outs of why that is. And then you try to do something, it comes out half-assed. Mm-hmm. Talking about the, the, the zone of genius, like I realized very recently, and I've been having this for my, my entire life, but something didn't click. I realized that I would have the best ideas in coming out of pickles out of usually in the shower, right? And a lot of people talk about that. It's like, well, showers mm-hmm. are great. So I, I, I came across something that, um, uh, um, about uh, alpha brainwaves. And there's two parts, like when you're deep in sleep or when you're getting into sleep or when you're in the shower, that you're awake, that your brainwaves change to this alpha brainwaves that that you become like 10 times more creative. So now I'm taking two showers per day <laughs> so I can have more moments. <laughs> what I had was, um, I heard, I don't know if it was Einstein, one of these big geniuses from the past, he used to, um, to uh, try to fall asleep on a chair with a rock in his hand. So when he fell asleep, the rock would fall and he would wake up because he didn't want to fall asleep. He wanted to be in that almost falling asleep kind of zone. And that's where your brain waves are, are clicking better for better ideas and outside of the box ideas. So that's what I'm doing. I'm trying to find a book on the subject. Um, if anybody <laughs> knows, let, let me know. So I'm, I'm trying to, uh, to hack my brain to have more of those, those times. That's awesome. Um, All right. Well, speaking of mindset and kind of how your brain works in your zone of genius, one other thing, even outside marketing, we can kind of bring it back if there's any anything marketing specific you want to share. But um, something we haven't talked about a ton, but obviously just being friends for over the years and following each other in social media, uh, we're both uh, believers and followers of Stoic philosophy. And I think I believe actually was was introduced through you. I think just through a posting of some of Ryan Holiday's work, um, Mm -hmm. The Obstacles Away, a few other you know book recommendations. So I would just love to hear from your perspective of stoic philosophy kind of the value that you've gained from it um because for me it's been really really helpful especially as navigating through 2020 with COVID, but just life in general so can you articulate a little bit uh, of your insights around uh, stoic philosophy yeah well i'm not a religious person at all like and uh, and uh, uh regardless of that i think that as humans we're always we're always looking for wisdom. We're always looking for, um, and I'm not a big fan of, of gurus and and that kind of stuff because that fizzles out really quickly. So my journey started with like, what what is the wisdom that's out there? And if you look at um, if you look at Buddhism and and Stoicism, it, it's essentially the same thing. Uh, they were just discovered by by very smart people back in distant past. As a matter of fact, I have here, one of the books that I have on my table is The Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. And um, for being a guy that doesn't, um, that is not, you know, I I, I tend to be very logical. And some things are not logical about this world, but this helps you understand that. And some things are extremely hard to, to put it into practice. And I've been doing it for years now, and I'm, I'm getting better at it. Um, but again, it's a continuation. It goes forever. If anybody, um, you know, it, it goes against like, for example, stoicism tells you to always prepare for the worst, always mm-hmm. think of the worst, even worse. Right? right. And when I tell this to a lot of people, they're like, oh, you're, you're such, that's, that's ridiculous. Like, why would you think of the worst so to prepare for the worst? Because most likely the worst is not going to happen. So, um, it's dangerous because you're always having negative thoughts. You're, you're, you're basically bringing negative thoughts to yourself because they're not, oh, what if that happens? 
I wake up like, what if all my clients leave me tomorrow, right? That's the worst case scenario. It's never going to happen. But then it's like, well, if they do, that's what I'm going to do. So if ever happened, I'm never going to be caught with my pants down because I'm always preparing for a lot of a lot of negative things that have the potential of happening. And actually, that was first introduced to, to me, that, that concept in the 4-Hour Workweek book. That was the first book that I read that kind of like started to get me like, well, there's more than life than, than working a nine to five. And there's a part in the book where, where uh, Tim Ferriss talks about, you know, being afraid of making a decision. And he went through this stoic philosophy. It's like, what is the worst that can happen? And then it's, in the book is really funny because he talks about, yeah, I lose my job. I lose all my money. I have to move back in my parents and I'm going to be on a gutter with the, with a dog <laughs> licking my face. He's like, well, guess what? I can get a job bartending for a little bit and I can, I can build myself back up. So, so that's one of the things that, that sto- one of the, one of the, the, the virtues that stoicism um, brings to you. And honestly, there's two things that are constant in my day. I always listen to a Rush album every single day of my life. I don't go to bed with that, be, be, you know, before I listen to that. It just makes me a better person, makes me feel good. What do you and, mean Rush album? Huh? What do you mean Rush album? The Rush is like a band. Oh, got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and I read a little bit about stoicism. I'm, I'm a part of a couple of groups and people talk about it. So, so um, I highly recommend, you know, if you're looking for, for timeless wisdom that can be applied uh, to pretty much anything in life, I, I highly recommend. And you got into it as well. You know how amazing it is. Well, I just think the life is hard. The world is hard. Business is hard. It comes at you really hard. And unless you have a really strong mindset around it, like it will, you know, break you in a submission. So for me, it's been just a very valuable tool. And also too, Fern, I, I want to acknowledge you for this. You always are just a very cool, calm and collected guy, at least from all my experiences of working together. And I, and I would like to think, I, I do think that that probably stoic mindset has really served you well and probably is a big reason that you come off that way, um, which is very valuable in life in business. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah. I wanted to kind of bring that, bring that point, but that all said, my friend, uh, this has been awesome. We still have a little bit of time, but I know, um, don't have, uh, infinite amount with you. So I want to transition here into the lightning round to kind of give your, uh, you know, some parting wisdom to our audience and really big value bomb. So, uh, here we go. As we transition, first question is before all the success that you've achieved today in terms of your entrepreneurial efforts and traveling the world, to your younger self, what do you think, in your estimation, was the one thing that was holding you back to the success that you've now achieved? Um, I don't consider myself successful yet uh, because you always have to, and that's another thing that stoicism brings. You know, you you want to, like, you compare to other people, you are extremely successful, but not not you're not even near where you were capable of. Right. So I think that, and that's what the, what happens to most people, it's just mindset. It's just getting your mind ready for failure um, and to not be afraid of failing. Um, it, it's very, very difficult when you have a family that you need to feed. Uh, that's extremely uh, challenging and daunting. But if you're in the US, you're in a first world country, chances of you starving to death are zero. Um, in other places, it might be a little bit more difficult. So I would just say go for it. It's it's totally fine to fail uh, 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 as many times as you need to start to succeed. And even in failure, you're succeeding. I think uh, I love when I fail. I love I love when I go through something and we try something and then and then it didn't work because then I know that that's something that I've learned. I'm not going to do that. Make the mistake again. And it's not even necessarily a mistake. But I love when something doesn't work because then it gives me something else to do. Right. So 
don't be afraid of, of, of failing, which, uh, which is very cliche, but. But true. That's what um, I mean. Next up, you are in the business of give, giving good marketing or marketing, coaching, consulting advice. Uh, what would you say is the best advice that you've ever uh, received and why? Man, there's so many, but one that um, one that I, I think about every day is something that Bader, he didn't it wasn't advice, but that's something that Bader says all the time. But it's and it's something that extra, that resonates with me a lot, which is uh, action alleviates anxiety, right? Mm. So a lot of times you're going to wake up and you're going to think in in you know all these things that you need to do, and and I, I go through this. To be honest with you on a daily basis like oh my gosh there's that and there's that and there's that and there's that and, and there's two things that you need to do is organize yourself um which is i, I tell my my kids like you're not going to be successful in life if you're not organized you're not going to be if you if your desk is a mess um, um if you don't if you can't find your underwear in the morning um mm -hmm. you know if you lose things and you're not paying attention to those things your chances of being successful outside maybe artists are very very slim um so be organized and take action, even if you have to. Sometimes I don't know where I'm going to begin. I just sit here and I start with one thing and the other and the other. And all of a sudden, I've done a few things and I'm feeling a lot better. So um, uh, I think that's the number one problem that people have these days is anxiety. It brings paralysis. And um, just you doing work, meaningful work towards the things that you need to do will help a lot. Yeah, that is gold. All right, next up, what would be one personal habit, kind of, you know, and you're talking about being an organized guy, but what would be one personal habit that uh, would you say has contributed to the success that you have, even though to your own words, you don't consider yourself as successful? Curious on that. You know, uh, it's, um, I'm, um, it's funny to say that, but I'm a guy, I'm, I, I hate, it's one of the very few things that I talk about that I, that I use the word hate towards, I hate routine. And you know that, like I, I hate waking <laughs> up at the same time every day. Um, I hate that thing of like, so I really don't have uh, things that I absolutely do every day. I try to block time. I use this amazing app called, and I never remember the name, uh, Way of Life, that you put the things that you absolutely need to do every day. And at the end of the day, it reminds you and you put a check or a no check, right? Did you meditate today? Check or no check. And it gives you an idea of the things that you're doing and what you need to do better. So I try not to have specific times for things. And I totally understand that the business that I'm in and the way I run my life allows me to do that. A lot of people can't. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I listen, I listen to a good piece of music. To me, I resonate with music a lot. So I always, I always try to, um, to listen to music that's going to put me in the right mood. And I try to read a little bit. I have another book that I can um, I can you know talk about books in a little bit. But uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. Um, oh, yeah. This thing right here is freaking Oof. amazing. Um, so they talk about principles about in your personal life and in your and in your business life. I try to pick this books like uh, um, I, I'm not a guy. You know, we have family. I don't. I can't sit and read for 45 minutes one hour at a time. So I try to just open certain books and read a chapter at a time. And that's something that I do consistently daily. Yeah. Well, well, awesome. Speaking of books, uh, and not to leave the witness here, you've shared two incredible ones, Principles by Ray Dalio and then Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. Uh, my next question for you is what would be your favorite book recommendation for our fitness franchise nation and why? Um, so maybe you want to hit those two books or maybe there's an additional book, but curious on your insights there. 
Um, I think that for for uh, you know somebody that's that's transitioning into from from uh, having a job to becoming an entrepreneur, um, uh, the principles is the book. Like this is the book that I gift to most people. Like uh, I've I've probably bought maybe 30, 40 uh, uh, copies of this book, and I, and I just mail to people. Uh, that is the one that has that can encompass uh, um, the most things. Yeah. And for those of you who are not familiar with that book, Ray Dalio, which Fern just mentioned, um, he's, I think, the most successful hedge fund manager in the world, a billionaire a few times over. So uh, some good wisdom. Um, All right, my friend, uh, that all said, this has been awesome. I still have one question, but uh, before I kind of ask you for your insights and some parting wisdom for our um, audience, um, where can our viewers find you at? And I guess I'll tee up also the media team to basically put that graphic on the screen. Yeah, well, there's uh, 2xwin.com. Um, um, funny story, too. Like, we've never had a website. Uh, uh, we created our website for the first time uh, uh, this year uh, because of the pandemic. You know, we're trying to expand. Um, but uh, I've, we've never – our team is very small. We can't handle that many people, and especially because of the above and beyond services that we provide. Right. So we really don't have a lot of space for people. But we've decided to put up a little website uh, that people can schedule a call to talk to me, uh, totally free of charge as long as I have uh, the time in my schedule. I can, you know, point you in the right direction. I can give you three or four things that you can do in your business, marketing-wise or not. And uh, I'm, I'm available for this calls. Um, uh, you can just book there, and uh, we'll have jump in a Zoom call. The only thing to keep in mind is that I'm eight hours ahead of uh, Pacific. Um, <laughs> yeah, I would like to just share that. And for anybody that would like to uh, pick my brain on anything, I'm, I'm, I, I love to talk and help people. Cool. So that's two xwin.com. It's 2x-win.com, yeah. Perfect. All right. Media, please put that on the screen. So, Furman, this has been awesome. Um, you know, I certainly want to acknowledge you. I'll get you in a second. But uh, what would you say um, would be your last parting words of wisdom to our franchise or fitness franchise audience that will really better their lot in business and also life? That's really interesting, man. There's so many. Uh, and I'm not the guy, like I said, I don't like this cliche things, but um, but – it, it, this is something that I tell my son. It's to be selfish, not in a in a in a sense that people, not in the sense that people uh, think of being selfish in a negative way, but be selfish in a way that you need to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. So it's the most unselfish thing you can do. So don't don't like for example, if you need eight hours of sleep, figure out like sleep your eight hours, like make that a non-negotiable thing. Take care of your family, take care of yourself first, and then try to help others. I see a lot of people, you know, fitness owners uh, uh, trying to do too many things at once, and then all of a sudden they do that for three, four months, and then they're burnt out. Mm-hmm. So avoid the burnout. Take care of yourself. Be healthy eat healthy and, and, and be in a good mindset. And then after that, things are going to certainly start to fall into place. That is gold, my friend. Well, uh, Fern, man, I want to thank you so much. Our audience is super grateful as well for you being on the show. And honestly, I want to take a second to acknowledge you. I was excited for this chat. Just, you know, I consider you a close friend. Um, and I, I I believe the the chat even over exceeded my expectations. Um, you're just a wealth of knowledge. You're a very cool, calm and collected guy. And uh, you certainly have helped a lot of uh, people, a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, including me, including our other vice president, especially early in our journeys, but even till this present day. Uh, 
Um, so I have a lot of love and respect for the value that you've provided my life and many other people's lives as well. Um, and uh, more than more than that, I acknowledge you for just being an awesome family man, a loving husband, an awesome father. A father, I admire you that for, uh, admire you that for as well. Um, and with all that said, man, thank you so much for being on the show. It's been awesome. And as we say in Brazilian Portuguese, abraço. Abraço, tchau. Thank you, man. It's a pleasure being Thanks. here. Hey, um, Thanks. Uh, and you can, uh, we can come back anytime, you know, like I, I, I absolutely loved it. We can, we can talk about other things. Uh, if you want me to research a specific thing before we go, we can, we can jump in as well too. So always here for you. Well, I will take you up on that, my friend. Again, thank you so much and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Bye.